Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world uh, on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this your favorite radio station and or translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show broadcasting live. Hi, how are you? It's Monday. It's a, uh, oof, man, fun day Monday. Crazy, crazy day out there. Um, the world is burning down both figuratively and literally uh, as we take a look at what's going on uh, around the state of Alaska and across the uh, and across the nation we're going to get into that this morning with some headlines uh, for uh, from around the uh, from around the state and around the country as we watch what's going on. But we've got some guests lined up for today uh, that are going to inform our discussions. Uh, we're going to start off here in hour one in about uh, oh about fifteen minutes or so. We're going to be talking with uh, Willie Keppel uh, from Quinnahawk out uh, in the uh, area around Bethel who's going to uh, come on in and talk with us and uh, about his candidacy for State Senate District S um, in that area and also about the eligibility complaint that was filed against uh, current State Senator Lyman Hoffman. Now, that was discarded uh, uh, last week and denied Um and kind of, uh, it was kind of the light was hidden under the bushel, so to speak, since there was such a fervor over uh, Representative David Eastman's candidacy questions. Um, there was a whole bunch of, uh, I think, twenty four was that it was twenty four complaints of eligibility against Eastman, all of which were dismissed. Uh, but uh, Willie Keppel had also been part of a group that had filed a complaint against Lyman Hoffman for residency issues stating that uh, Hoffman had not been living in the area and, in fact, was living in Anchorage. That was also denied. So Willie's going to talk with us about that this morning as well as his candidacy for the region. So we're going to have that discussion starting here in just, again, about 15 minutes. In Hour 2, we're going to bring on our friend Chris Bai, who is the Libertarian candidate for U.S. House now um, by did not make it to the, uh, as much as I would have loved to have seen him, he did not make it onto the uh, top four ballot issue, but he is uh, running a write-in campaign. So why not? I'm a libertarian. I voted for Chris. Let's just give him a fair shake and see if we can, <laughs> let's see if we can get, I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, uh, but I love to hear the ideas and I love to hear, um, kind of a third choice in all those areas. And so we're going to bring Chris by on the program in hour two to talk with us here for a couple segments as well. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a, a good a good time will be had by all. Let's put it that way. Coming up on tomorrow's program, Chris Story and Brad Keithley on Wednesday. It's going to be um, 
It's going to be Mike Shower, and potentially, uh, I think Donna Ardwin will give us, um, because rumor has it, rumor has it, rumor has it that coming up uh, on, uh, I just want to make sure that I'm right on this, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, I believe, yep, the budget, uh, the governor is going to hold a press conference tomorrow on the budget. So we will have an idea of what he has cut, what he has not, what his budget's going to look like. And uh, so we may have Donna Ardwin on on Wednesday to discuss that. If not, I've got a couple other uh, folks waiting in the wings. Now, I do have some bad news for you. The bad news is that on Friday, I will not be here. Um, And this might be a shock to uh, some of the... Some of the station personnel. I made the decision late Friday afternoon that I was taking Friday off so that I could have a four-day weekend. And uh, so uh, I'm going to be off on Friday and, of course, off for the 4th of July on Monday. So it'll be a four-day weekend for me, which means that on Thursday, oh, we just might have to have some firearm talk on Thursday just because we can't go. We can't go a whole week without having the firearms talk. So, um it's uh it's good um uh, it's 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 all good and uh and i'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to a little time off with the family and uh enjoying myself i was going to go to homer but decided not to go to homer on the 4th of july because oof that's some craziness that nobody needs but uh anyway so friday i will be off what other housekeeping that i have before i get into these headlines um oh 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 Oh, swag. Have you been waiting for some swag, for some show swag? Well, it's available right now. If you're if you're listening right now, you're a member of the 6 o'clock club. Did you know that you could brag about being a member of the 6 o'clock club? Uh, if you go over to my Facebook page right now, facebook.com slash Michael Dukes show, right at the top of the page is some pictures and things. I'm putting an order together. We're doing a limited run of T-shirts and mugs. Uh, and everything else, you can get just the Michael Duke Show T-shirt, which has got a—I um, mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's beautiful. It's—it's it's beautiful. I, I just—I want folks to be able to see what it looks like. It's—it's—it's uh, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing with just a picture of my uh, with just a picture of my uh, of my beautiful beard on it, and uh, you can go over there and uh, and check it out. Um, and, uh, that's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, I've got to put the order in by, uh, I got to put the order in by, uh, Wednesday. Uh, so if you would, uh, if you'd like to, if you'd like to have that, just go on over to our, uh, go on over to Facebook and you could take a look, you could take a look at it. And, uh, I would love for you to see, um, uh, all the beautiful pictures that are there of the various, uh, shirts that are available, you can get the uh, Michael Duke Show shirt, which uh, says on the back, it says, Politicians Fear the Beard. You can also get the 6 O'Clock Club t-shirt <clears throat> to brag about uh, being a member of the 6 O'Clock Club. Uh, on the back of that, it says, It's really early, but oh, so worth it. Uh, you can also, of course, find the uh, show mugs. where are 6 O'Clock Club member mugs, and you can choose your radio station on the back. You could choose uh, to have either the interior station's KFAR or you could choose to have KGTL AM620, The Answer, or FM101.7, the True Country Stations. Uh, anyway, go over to my Facebook page and take a look there, and then you could comment in the chat section there, or you can send me an email 
um, or send me a Facebook message rather, and I will put that order together for you for the new swag that is, uh, it's all, we're about, like I said, ready to do a limited run on this stuff. And, uh, now is the time for you to go check it out. Uh, and just to proudly support the show. That's all, all it goes to support the show and to tell people all the good stuff that, uh, you know, that you're, you're proud, you're loud and proud, willing to go out and, uh, and do that. Just uh, go check it out again. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. If you want to uh, get any of this uh, delicious, delicious swag, uh, we have to have everything in by Wednesday night, though. So <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. Um, all right. So headlines, headlines. Who's got your headlines? That would be me. Uh, let's check this out here. The big, of course, one of the big headlines uh, uh, in the state, uh, this is just for the state stuff, is that there was a uh, lawsuit that was filed um, late Thursday. Uh, Three voters sued the state of Alaska uh, to have Tara Sweeney put on the ballot, claiming that election officials had misinterpreted the law and that the timeline of the new ballot measure number two did not apply to special elections, although... In a plain reading of it, it pretty much applied to all elections. You could see that. But it was a grasping of straws. The lower court decided that that was the case, that Gail Fanumiai and the Division of Elections had decided correctly not to include uh, Tara Sweeney on the ballot. And on Saturday, the Alaska Supreme Court upheld the lower court's ruling. Uh, In a brief written order, the high court said that it affirmed the decision of Superior Court Judge William Morse who agreed with uh, Fanumiai in not advancing Sweeney. They did not elaborate on the reasoning, but said that a full opinion would follow at a later date. Part of it is that there was a deadline of tomorrow to be able to get all the ballots printed. So they had to know. So the courts were working very, very quickly uh, to get that done. Um, obviously, Sweeney was disappointed. Uh, she said uh, she had wanted to be part of it. She had wanted people to be uh uh, able to have a fourth choice and be able to vote for her, but that was not the case. Uh, the original Judge Moore said in a written order that the timeline under which the substitution could occur in this situation was, quote, could hardly be briefer. But he wrote, quote, that this is a period set by statute and the one that the division must apply. So we're finding all kinds of convoluted things that are coming up, all sorts of unintended consequences of ballot measure number two, uh, which leads to the question, which are the congressional folks that have dropped out? Uh, We had 48 names or something uh, or whatever um, to begin with. It's It's been a hot mess. But right now, the ones that have removed their names officially from the original congressional race uh, were Chris Constant, Bill Hibbler, Al Gross, obviously, Jeff Lowenfels, Michael uh, Melander, Mike Milligan, Adam Wool, and of course two that we thought, or maybe even they thought, would go a lot further: John Coghill and Adam Wool. Uh, excuse me, uh, Josh Revac, Josh Revac, jo- uh, John Coghill and Josh Revac. They also, <laughs> yep, yep. So it's go- it's going to be interesting now. Uh, some of these people have left their names on the regular primary, which takes place uh, the same day, August the 16th, as the special 
general election, uh, one of which will be ranked choice and the other one will be jungle primary. I mean, like I said, confusion, confusion. There's a lot of confusion. The confusion ballot, some people are calling it. So just in case you were wondering. And then, of course, Friday, the news broke that the Supreme Court had ruled on Roe v. Wade. Now, we knew this was coming, um, but this was the weeping and wailing, the renting of clothing, the, uh, the, the calls for assassination. Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's insane. Uh, hundreds of people got together and uh, got into the streets and threw signs and, uh, and said everything else. Now, the, the big thing is, is that people need to remember is that this did not outlaw abortion in the nation. It simply remanded the, it remanded the, the uh, uh, authority of this back to the states. So there are still states that still allow for abortions, and Alaska is one of them. Now, this is setting up for a bigger battle. Uh, this is setting up for a much bigger battle that's going to be around the Constitutional Convention. I could tell you that right now. But no, it is no, I mean, now, there were a handful of states that immediately had to uh, uh, have to end their state's access to abortion. They're calling them trigger ban states. Um, but Alaska is not one of them. But man, social media was a flame. I didn't. I'm not even. I don't even get on social media, and I heard about some of the things, including a whole slew of people calling for the assassination of Judge Clarence Thomas, who wrote um, uh, who wrote a concurring opinion that talked about um, about uh, re-ruling on the Griswold Lawrence and Oberfeld Obergfeld case which is uh, the same-sex marriage, contraceptive rights, um, and, uh, and private consensual sex. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a can of worms. It's a can of worms, that's for sure. Uh, basically saying that the government has no right to be involved in any of those things. But yeah, people literally on Twitter, I mean, we're talking about red check mark or blue check mark official people calling for the assassination of Clarence Thomas. Now, I've got to wonder, because if any of these people had called for the assassination of any, uh, you know, left-wing justices or senators or the president, what would be happening? But, I mean, and, and this is not even veiled language, folks. This is one of them, I mean, is an actual screenshot is uh, from at Redfern in, on Twitter. I'm going to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And other ones saying, today is a great day to assassinate Clarence Thomas. And another one, somebody assassinate Clarence Thomas already, for Thomas already FFS, which for freak's sake. I mean, it's just, and they just thing after thing after thing after, I mean, it's just, it's insane. I mean, it, 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 you know, I understand not agreeing with somebody, but I have never, ever in my life called for the assassination or the harming or the outing of anybody that I disagreed with. But this is the kind of the state of things in America right now. It's ugly. Yeah, very ugly. But you can see right now that the whole push is going to be towards a uh, constitutional convention. In fact, uh, they're already talking about it right now <clears throat> in, the, uh, in the news and in some of the news stories. It's really the first time that uh, the constitutional convention has really been looked at in depth. Uh, by a lot of people, but this is going to be a huge hot button issue, a huge, huge hot button issue. So we'll be following up on that. All right, I got to go. Willie Keppel is going to be joining us in just a moment. 
Uh, please uh, don't forget, you can come out and check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Check out these T-shirts and the mugs and the swag while you're there. And then come out and join us on Facebook. We're going to be back in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more. And Willie Keppel right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. Uh, We are in the break, uh, ready to go here in just a minute. Let me get caught up in the chat room. Um, and, uh, let me know what you, what, hi, hey, here, uh, did you guys check out the swag yet? Sorry, I don't mean to hit it so hard, but I got to get it. I got to get everything laid out for, uh, the Wednesday. I got to, I'm pl- placing the big order and putting everything uh, together on Wednesday. Um, and so if you guys haven't seen the swag yet, why not, man, this stuff is, this stuff is cool. And uh, you should go out there and uh, and check it out and uh, and just enjoy your just enjoy yourself, man. Enjoy yourself. It's a it's a good uh, it's a good opportunity to uh, to uh, you know to state your pride and and to uh, show everybody what you're all about. I mean, look at that. That T-shirt is epic. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. You can. Uh, you can rep everything with pride right there. You remember the six o'clock club right there. There you go. There you go. Get get you some of that right there. Or your or a mug, you know. You could drink your Folgers in that mug. Or your beard curler coffee or whatever. You could even rep the station that you're listening to. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty easy. So go check it out right now. Uh again. Just go to facebook.com slash Michael Duke show right to the Facebook page. And it's right there at the top of the page for you to go check it out. All right. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, you know, but I, I've only got till Wednesday to get all that stuff checked out and put together. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The dark shirt makes it look like a disembodied head. Do I need to pull open my shirt to show my chest hair? So that I'm, there you go. See, look at there. Look at there. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday morning. All, um, fires are raging all over the interior. Some evacuations last night. It's supposed to get up to the mid eighties. I know they've got, uh, some of the suburbs around clear are evacuated and, um, yeah, it's a, and it was smoky, smoky down here. Oof, man. Uh, if you wear a solid black shirt, all we see on you is a black background. It's kind of funny. Suppose I should turn the lights up in the studio here just a little bit to get you squared away. Glad for UMD. Get some rest and have some fun. Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to take that four day weekend. Heard on local news that most of these fires are started by climate change. No mention about lightning. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? It's just oof. Um, all right. 
Let's see. Uh, the meltdowns were the meltdowns on on the social medias were epic, says Brian. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We would have a trigger ban if we had not been so focused on getting to the perfect, said Kevin. Um, yep, that's exactly it. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's insane that people don't understand plain English, says Jeannie. It moves the decision-making <clears throat> of the abortion issue back to the states. It does not outlaw abortion. Yep, um, it, that's that's exact. Um, I, drink, I drink my Folgers in that mug, says Jeannie. I can't afford swag. <laughs> says Ren, I can't, I can't afford swag. I ain't sent one dime. I ain't sent one dime of PFD. You know, the part they ain't guilty of stealing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I didn't hear about that story. We'll talk about that story a little bit more here, Sandy. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go over to the phones. We got Willie Keppel, um, on the line right now, ready to go. I think ready to go. You with us, Willie? Yes. All right, hold the line, my friend. We're coming close. We're about uh, 45 seconds out, okay? We'll kick things off in just a second. Uh, Willie Keppel, our guest. Um, did you see the article about the guy that was in the process of stealing tools from a Fairbank store, and when employees tried to stop him, he pulled a gun on them, and one of the employees who was a concealed carry pulled a gun on him. The thief put away his gun and ran out of the store. Well, again, the only thing stopping a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That's how that works. Um, <clears throat> and again, that's what we call DGU, defensive gun, defensive gun use. Um, the woman belonged barefoot in the kitchen? What? I don't know. Harold's babbling about something. Here we go. Like and share this video. Like and share. Like and follow the show page. Let's get it on. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for continuing with us. It is Monday, and we got a full boat uh, for guests today. We're going to be talking with some candidates uh, starting off here in the first hour with Willie Keppel, who is from Quinnahawk out in the area around Bethel there. Uh, he is a candidate running for the state senate for District S uh, on the Constitution uh, Party, or excuse me, the Veterans Party ticket. He joins us this morning to talk about his candidacy and uh, residency issues and so much more. Good morning, Willie. How are you doing this morning? Oh, good morning, Alaska. I'm doing just lovely. I, just lovely. I appreciate you coming on board and uh, and sounding off with us this morning. So we're talking about state races, and of course, uh, you know every uh, every legislative seat is up with the exception of one. So we've got 59 races across the country. Yours might be one of the more interesting ones because. Um, there's been some questions on the candidacy of uh, of your opponent. But first, before we dive into the deep end on that, let's talk a little bit about Willie Keppel and the Veterans Party candidate. What, uh, you know, give folks a, uh, give folks a, uh, 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 you know, some insight into who you are, where you are, where you come from. Sure. Well, start off with, I'm 68 years old. I grew up in Western Montana, uh, graduated from high school and then joined the army and uh, 1972, did two-year hitch, 
got out and uh, migrated myself towards Alaska. I spent, uh, I've had an interesting life up here. I spent my years during the spring, summer, and fall doing nothing but hunting, guides, guiding hunts, fishing, guiding. Um, then fall, same thing. Then wintertime, I went a lot of years going Prudhoe Bay, working either the rigs or when the rigs went down, moved over to the production side and did pad maintenance for uh, several companies up there. And then eventually I wandered myself out here and did a spring bear hunt for on the north side of the Alaska range and had a friend that lived in Kalskag and he says, wow, you're so close. You're up there at Stony River. Why don't you jump the mail plane? Come on down and we'll collect a log raft and head to Bethel. And I go, why not? You know? Right. Uh, so I did and uh, got to Kalskag. We put together a huge log raft and, First time doing anything like that, and we drifted down to Bethel and sold the firewood. And I got into Bethel and I looked around and I go, "Holy cow! This is this is where life is at." I mean, there's 2,000 miles of unhindered river you can run with boats, and I'm in Copper Center for the previous 10 years and had jet boat on the Clutina and the Copper out there, and I'm going, "This is just so much more." Right. Uh, all the hunting and all the fishing. Um, Bethel at the time was like 2,500 people and if that. And now it's like 6,500 to 7,000, they say. So the change you can see, you know. But it was, a, it was a young man's dream, and I got into it. And I met a little tundra flower from Klinahawk, and we ended up 27 years in Bethel. And finally, we built a place down here on a parents' property in, I think, 94, I think it was, and uh, eventually we had enough, and I came down here. I've been here in the village now for seven years. We're, uh, for people that aren't familiar with the bush, if you look at a map of Alaska, just going almost exactly due west of Anchorage, 450 roadless miles to the coast of the Bering Sea, yeah, that's Quinnahawk right on the coast right where we're at now you decided uh to throw your hat in the ring and as i've asked uh, many other previous candidates you know the question is always you know when exactly did you lose your mind uh, you know what was the what was the aha moment what made you decide uh in your life of uh of beautiful wilderness living in solitude you decided i think i want to go to juno what was the aha moment was it a single thing was it a cumulative what what was the what was the moment no, I think this is something that's been building for a long time. This is not my first run at Lyman Hoffman. My last one was like 20 years ago. And then I filled myself up with uh, politics, doing uh, uh, committees and commission work for uh, for the city of Bethel. I filled in for a year on city council. So I've always been wrapped up in it, but probably my lead-in moment to all this was Years and years ago, we used to have a senator in Copper Center by the name of Jack Coghill. And right. I really like Jack Coghill. A couple times a year, he'd show up down there, and we'd all gather at the bar, drink a beer, and, and listen. And Jack kind of, I don't know, he took a liking to me and 
had me tuned in. And one day I sat, I was in Anchorage and I just happened to walk into the Hilton for breakfast down there. And here was Jack and, um, and the governor. And I'm going, hmm, here we have Bush governor. Jack Coghill, I sat there and drank coffee with them. And this is before I'd ever seen Bethel, you know. And I'm going, this guy makes sense. I really like this. This is something I probably ought to pursue in life. And so that kind of kind of got me kicking and started right there. So I don't know. That's kind of what got me into it. But the theft of the PFD has just been too much for me. And, you know, between... Between Stella and I, we have three kids, six grandkids. Uh, they're not they're not getting the benefit of what the state has to offer. Right. So you, the the PFD was the perennial, or was the the seminal issue for you then, uh, in the long run to make you to make you do it is the taking of the PFD. That's what's really got you motivated now. Well, the PFD was definitely a really strong motivator. One of the other really strong motivators is I keep watching the state be wishy washy on states' rights. And if you live out here in the bush and you realize how important subsistence is, but yet you see the state and the feds fighting over whether you can even take a fish out of the Cuscoquim River for Pete's sake, you got, the feds want to shut it down. Okay, they shut it down for two years. All of a sudden we have people traveling over 200 miles down the river, 150 miles, another 100 miles down the coast of the Bering to us from Bethel. And 140, 150 boats right in front of our little Kniptok River because they can fish the ocean. And we're just getting the snot knocked out of us for all of our kings. And this is what the feds are promoting. Right, right. And, and I'm going, this is, I'm on... I do a weekly radio show out here, and so, um, I mean, I spared no expense at beating on the feds and beating on Buzzy Peltola, Mary Peltola's husband. He was in charge of U.S. Fish and Wildlife in Bethel, and that's who was shutting the river down. So now the state's wrapped up in a lawsuit. The feds finally sued the state because the state says, enough of you, uh, go ahead and go fish, people. We got fish. Go fish. Right, Uh, right. Now we're... Now we're in this wrap-up, and I I keep looking at how everything is, and, I mean, we're sitting. The YK Delta is basically the size of the state of Oregon. That's how much space there is, and not a single mile of road on it that the state maintains unless you're in Bethel, and I think they have seven miles, eight miles of paved road in there, and that's the state. That's the state's whole duty for the for the area the size of Oregon, right. seven, eight miles of paved roads, you know. But yet we can't do anything out here because this is all federal wildlife preserve. You nope. know, you have to have permission to do this, permission to do that. There's absolutely nobody going to go out here and turn a ground thumper loose to search for oil deposits, gas deposits. We know we have gas out here which would probably be enough if even even methane pockets that are big enough to run the city of Bethel for a few years would be a lifesaver. You know, right. I mean, you could turn a lot of things around. Right. The other thing that is, is so detrimental to us out here is the cost of shipping. Holy 
cow. You don't want to talk, think about that, you know. Um, it's it's three. It's over three thousand bucks just to ship a car from Anchorage to Bethel. Then if you live in a village, I had a little pickup I wanted hauled from Bethel when I moved down here. It was three thousand bucks just to put the pickup on to haul it to Flinhawk. Hundred wow. month trip. Wow. You know, and so that gives you the idea. You know, a loaf of bread is ten bucks or close enough to ten to call it ten. You know, um, gas prices are all over all over the chart. Look like somebody been throwing uh, <clears throat> darts at a donkey's tail with a blindfold for prices out here. <laughs> Depends on the village you're in. You know how hard it is for the barge to get to you. And I've always had this thing that's like it takes 10 days if the weather is absolutely perfect for a barge to leave Bethel, the fuel barge, to offload, turn around and go out 60 miles out the river, and then all the way down the coast, down through Falls Pass, then all the way back up Cook Inlet just to get to Nikiski, and then turn around and make that return trip. That's 10 days if the weather's perfect. Right. And I'm going, how stupid is this? You know, how literally stupid is this? All your freight comes the same way. Your fuel comes that way. Um, why don't they just build a damn road across the Alaska Peninsula and it's less distance drive than it is from Anchorage to Fairbanks? How long does that take a truck to get there hauling fuel, even if it's only a couple of double tankers pulling 5,000 gallons at a time? You put your fuel tanks in, in Dillingham and just keep building your supplies. You can put a 30 million gallon fuel tank sitting there and that's pretty close to it's between half and a third of the amount of fuel needed for all of western alaska they they tank in over 70 million gallons of fuel combined fuels out here a year right Uh, why not just get it there get all your freight straight across eliminate even even dillingham's eight day round trip by barge Willie Willie Keppel is our guest state Senate candidate for District S on the Veterans Party ticket. We're going to continue to talk with him, and we'll get his his hot priorities on the way back. And we'll also talk about this candidacy challenge for his uh, opponent, Lyman Hoffman. We will continue with that here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Your home for common sense, liberty-based. Free Thinking Radio. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. While you're there, get some of that hot swag, the t-shirts and the mugs. We're going to be placing an order on Wednesday. So if you want it, go check it out right now. Back with more Common Sense, Liberty-based, Free Thinking Radio right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break right now. Uh, Looking at a few minutes here before we run out of of commercials and come back to it. Uh, Meanwhile, we've got Willie on the line. Brian says, uh, I thought the Donlin Creek project was going to bring gas to Bethel. Um, do you know anything about that project, uh, Willie? Is that uh, something that was happening or what the, you know, what the story is there? Well, they have a pipeline in the, in the pipeline plans for it. And it's a couple billion bucks, but Donlin 
is a long ways from Bethel, you know, and whether they bring it all the way to Bethel, I have no idea. Um, I think personally, that's a brain dead idea. They make these things called mini, mini nuclear reactors that can more than power up everything at Donnellan and they can put another one in Bethel and they could eliminate just by the surrounding villages. They could eliminate one third of the amount of people on PCE, which when I talked to head of AVAC here a while back, he was not very happy with that idea. Um, but I don't care. He ain't out here paying the bill. And right. His, his company is, is set up to make, make money off of government pass through. Um, that's what keeps all of these electric companies out here alive is DC pass. Well, I know that was 20 years ago. They were talking about, it was either, I can't, was it Mitsubishi or Toshiba? One of them had built a small nuclear battery and they were talking about, uh, putting it into Bethel, I think it was Bethel, to test it. Um, they wanted to use it as a test bed for the area, and that raised all kinds of stink, but it would have brought cheap and reliable energy to those areas. Um, I know it's been floated about for, you know, last couple decades, and, and uh, nobody's really done anything about it, which is, I guess, it's too bad because it gives the opportunity for that, again, cheap, affordable energy, which is what any community needs. Oh, it was Galena that, that had it in there, but yeah. So that that's a little frustrating. Yes, it was Galena, and it was a man by the name of Marvin Yoder, and he's a Valley resident now, I believe. But anyway, yeah, I was working with Marvin, and actually I was pushing at the same time to try and get one in Bethel. And you thought the sky was falling and everything else as soon as you start mentioning nuclear. But, um, I mean, they have to they, – they burn – Three million gallons of fuel a year to produce electricity in Bethel, and that was years ago before the huge population burst and all these brand new gigantic buildings built by the federal government for hospitals and schools and everything else in Bethel now. And so, to me, it only makes sense. Uh, you could you could produce electricity for like six cents. If we had it worked out, we'd figured out the numbers, and you could have paid off the reactor in 30 years at six cents a kilowatt hour and made profit right right you know and right now i think bethel is somewhere around with the with the benny with their bennies um the pass through i think is right in the neighborhood of 42 cents a kilowatt or something like that yeah no it's uh it's pretty tough i mean it's the one thing that's uh I think, you know, setting a lot of, uh, of rural communities back is not being able to have access to that. That's really, you know, that's one of the few things really holding them back in those areas uh, is being able to do that. And, of course, like you said, lack of infrastructure, lack of being able to re-reach and everything else, it makes it very, very difficult um, to be able to uh, uh, expand or, you know, even develop, um, you know, uh, town-like amenities in these areas for sure. Well, that's exactly the whole point I've been arguing over for years. PCE has been spent wrong. Um, PCE was designed when Senator Nels Anderson out of Dillingham designed it. He helped me run against Lyman the first time. And it was designed for residential as a kind of a, kind of a um, crutch. But what it was really designed for was to improve the infrastructure. Right. And, and we're not improving the infrastructure. I mean, 
Um, when you see something happen out here, it's always the same game with the state, and the state always goes, oh, we're building brand-new schools out here. We're doing this, we're doing that. Well, what the state's actually doing is matching 20% to federal money. Yet here we sit with, today we're at $77,660,000,000 in the permanent fund, which, by the way, is down $6 billion from less than a year ago. You know, I mean, we've been losing money on this operation, too. But the long and the short of it, we haven't done anything. I mean, we're still running our fuel barges clear clear up to Nikolai. That's the top end of the Cusquim River, hundreds and hundreds of miles from Bethel through nothing but sandbars. And they're having to make, make two trips a year because they don't have the tank capacity to give them a complete year worth of fuel at one time. Right. Get it up there, get it there. And I keep going. I says, you, you know, I keep asking my buddies around here and buddies around the state. I says, you have noticed this little thing over there in Russia and Ukraine, haven't you? <laughs> you know? hold, hold the line. Hold the line, Willie. We're coming back uh, uh, into it. The Michael Duke Show. Willie Keppel is our guest, uh, state Senate candidate for District S. We're going to get some more details from him here in just a moment and talk about the residency challenge as well. Like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Here we go. Willie Keppel is our guest uh, from Quinnahawk. Out in Western Alaska, he is a candidate for state senate in District S, which covers a big swath out there, including the Bethel area. Uh, we were just talking with him during the breaks uh, about some of the hot button issues. So, Willie, let me uh, let me ask you. I mean, your hot button issues uh, for going into the state senate would include, I'm assuming, the PFD, the budget, but I know you also have a special um, uh, issue with the uh, Power Cost Equalization Fund, the PCE. You and I were just check, talking about that, and that is a fund that was created to help offset uh, rural Alaskans and help uh, invest in energy um, in, in energy. Uh, excuse me, invest in energy projects that would help benefit them, just as people on the road surface, road system, and on the rail belt had been uh, helped out with their energy costs. Uh, but you were just talking about how that program has not been spent. Well, properly or wisely, I mean, it is really the ultimate real-life example of teaching a man to fish or giving a man to fish uh, a fish. It's basically they've just been giving people fish instead of teaching them to fish. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty crazy situation. Uh, are those your top, pretty much your top three things, really, the PFD, the budget, and the PCE? Uh, well, I guess in the fishing as well. Give us, you know, what are you going to focus on here going into the state Senate? Well, I'm going to focus on things. Those are definitely the top of my list because we were talking during the break, you know, I'm going, how dumb is it that we're shipping oil all the way down to Cherry Point, Washington, and then down to California? We turn around, we haul it all the way back up here. There's something wrong with this picture. Right. And I'm going, we need we need refineries up here because all it takes is, one crazy push of a button somewhere, whether it's North Korea, Russia, Ukraine, who knows, um, China. And we're thousands and thousands of miles 
of barging that's very in, very easily intercepted by submarine, anything else. We could be landlocked up here, and we're sitting here with all the resources, yet we are totally dependent on liberal Oregon or Washington and California. Right. Okay. We, we're not doing what we should be doing, and that should be taking care of our own people first. We've never built a pipeline. I thought this was, I lived 10 years in Copper Center, moved there in 77. And I'm going, hey, um, they're going to build a gas line here. There'll be plenty of work. Nope, I end up going to Prudhoe or working the rigs. And 10 years, nothing ever happens. Here we right. are, 40 some years later, nothing has still happened. They could have built 20 miles of pipeline a year for all the money the state's wasted. And they would have had a pipe in Fairbanks 20 years ago producing given gas for heating in Fairbanks for refinery, just natural gas. They could have produced electricity. There's this little thing called direct current that you can run through a power line. You don't you don't lose your you don't lose current. It's not like AC alternating current. They could be pumping that all across the rail belt right from Fairbanks. Instead they're over here propping up dirty coal at Hillary. Right, right. Oh, and, and I'm going, hey, great, all right, you need coal? Fine, burn coal. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not a tree hugger, for Pete's sake, you know? But uh, do what you got to do to keep the economy alive. And there's so many things we could have done, yet we are at the mercy of the world in Alaska because we can't even take care of our own needs on gas. Right. Well, we're not prioritizing. We're not. We're not prioritizing any kind of self-reliance. I mean, it doesn't have to be even North Korea or Russia. Could be something as simple as a natural disaster, tsunami, earthquake, whatever. Could put that stuff out of out of business for you know years uh, and create more problems. That's for sure. Uh, on top of that, um, and of course, the PFD into the communities, the rural communities. It's the largest single cash uh, infusion into the Alaska economy, and that's especially important out into the village areas, right? Well, it's it's important, yes. It drops, it pays. Our village, I think, is 21%. Every village is different. It depends on how much it costs to get the fuel um, into the village itself with all the barging. So every few, every village has a different percentage of how much the PCE is worth. Bethel is worth a lot less than most villages because it's easier to get to Bethel and they got huge tank facilities. But the problem with it is, is that what's happening with that PCE is it's money that comes straight from the state, goes straight to out here. It's AVAC and a bunch of other, that AVAC is a huge co-op. There's 30 some villages, I think, in AVAC. And, but it goes to all these different village um, co-ops and that money Never get or the cost of the fuel and the gas that comes out here never gets regulated, never gets checked by right. the regulators in the state. So it's whatever the fuel suppliers say the cost is, states just goes along fat, dumb, and happy and pays it. Right. There, that, that percentage is a profit margin. I mean, that's all profit. Right. If we don't know if we're getting a good deal, a bad deal. Um, nobody wants to use federal law and check on price gouging, price fixing. Um, you know, I mean, it's not like these fuel companies out here, two of them, 
haven't been busted numerous times in their worldwide operations. <laughs> right, exactly. You can look them well, up on the internet. Right, know? right. Well, <laughs> let, let's. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of time left. I want to move on. I know that uh, you have, uh, again, been duking it out with Lyman for quite a few years, but uh, this year you uh, you filed a complaint and a, a challenge to his candidacy as on a residency basis. Um, as basically citing that he didn't live in the villages. Instead, he lived in a house in Anchorage uh, and, in fact, didn't even have, I guess, a, a house anymore in those areas. And I know that you'd filed that. You talked about it in the chat room. You talked about it on before, and then it came out last week that the Division of Elections had ruled that that was, nope, they're good to go. Give us a little bit of a rundown on that. I've only got about five minutes left here. Okay, I'll try to nutshell it that quick. <laughs> Long and short, Lyman Hoffman owns a house in Bethel, but it's nothing more than a 90-day fish camp for him. He showed up here with his wife uh, sometime first week of June, and he'll be gone by mid-September. Maybe this year he'll hang around longer because it's election year, and I, I kind of suspect we won't see him gone until after the November election, gone one way or the other, you know, back to Anchorage or retired. But we had his brother, his first cousin, we have uh, two other guys. And between us, between us, we have the five of us. We have like 200 years of community service we've donated to this YK Delta. And yet the state is saying, nope, it's not enough. To, you guys don't know what you're talking about or we don't investigate is kind of what they're saying. Well, if you don't investigate, why even why even ask for complaints against residencies here? You know, what's the sense of filing with the Division of Elections if you don't investigate? We were told, yep, we're going to call. It'll be like jury. You'll be sworn to your testimony, da-da-da-da-da-da. Not one of the five of us had, had any phone call from the state. And so they, they based it on, well... All politicians are 100% honest. None of them ever lie. We all know that's the facts. And he filed his resident address for his voter registration as Bethel. He filed his PFD for Bethel. And so, by God, that's the end of it right there. When we all know that in Anchorage, even, they, they based it on where do you lay your head. That's how the homeless figure out what precinct they vote in for whatever city council person you have. Right. Uh, and it's been to court in Alaska where they it's kind of referred to as the, as the grocery store encounter. And it's been deemed as one of the very most important parts of contact with a politician. And your assertion is, is that he was basically living in Anchorage and he wasn't actually residing in Bethel He'd be there for a couple months of the year, but really he was residing in Anchorage. Yeah, he's he was Anchorage October, November, December, half of January until the till it started. And if he was booked out of here before end of moose season, he's gone like four months straight. Never show back except for one board meeting a month. And now they have Zoom because of COVID. So I don't even think he shows up for that, you know. And, and the contention was that the state come up with, the judges came up with, that 
30-second encounter that you have with your politician, you run into him at the grocery store and you say, hey, you want my vote? Don't ever steal my PFD again. You want my vote? Don't ever vote for red laws. Right. That and boom, that's it. Because a lot of people don't have what it takes to go to meetings. Huge amounts of people don't ever want to be heard saying anything at a meeting because it may affect their work, their employment. Who knows? Right, but they want those one-on-one interactions. Willie, I'm coming to the end here. Do you have a website where people can go find out about you or what they need to do? We're in the process of putting that bad boy together here. I really thought we'd be rid of Lyman um, if the state would have done its job and we wouldn't even have to go through an election. But I was pretty wishful thinking maybe, but not that wishful. But uh, yeah, no, got, got it. You'll find you can find me on uh, on Facebook. Okay, Willie, thank you so much. I'm sorry, folks. We got to go. We're going to be back. The Michael Duke Show continues. Hold the line, Willie. <clears throat> sorry, Willie. We were coming up on the hard break. There had to had had to go. <clears throat> so, folks, can find you on Facebook or wherever else they need to. Yeah, it's Willie Willie with a Y K E P P E L, and you'll find me standing there with three big wolf canned wolf hides and. That's the same logo, same picture I've had for as long as I've been on Facebook, I guess. So, okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for uh, thanks for fighting the fight out there, and we appreciate it. And if there's anything we can do for you, let us know. Uh, good luck, uh, good luck in the race, and uh, I hope to uh, hope to see more of you here, maybe uh, maybe in the state senate. Thanks for coming on board. Well, thank you very much for having me, and everybody stay safe over the over the holiday here all right thank you so much willie keppel uh our guest uh geo or uh veterans uh veterans party candidate for district <clears throat> for district s um all right that puts us in the uh, top of the uh, hour and we're in the break getting ready to go on we're going to have chris by is going to come up here in just a moment and uh, talk with us uh about uh, his writing campaign and his candidacy for um uh, for the U.S. House seat, build a bridge to Bethel, creating jobs too. This, you know, I I uh, I admire and I would love to think as a thought exercise that that would be great to be able to build out to rural Alaska. It sure would be nice to be able to have a road out to the uh, you know or some kind of road system that would take us out west. Unfortunately, there there are some serious costs involved in that stuff. Uh, even small roads cost millions of dollars per mile to get them out there. So you have to be able to figure out how to uh, you have to be able to figure out how to pay for that, how to justify it. Based on that, it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty tough situation, pretty tough situation overall. That's for sure. Um, let's see, going back through here, Willie has stayed involved with legislation for the PFD, contacted hearings, etc. Thanks for staying in the fight and for running. Um, uh, Kathleen says constructing a two-lane undivided road in a rural locale will set you back somewhere between two and three million dollars a mile. That's what I was just talking about. Yeah, it would cost serious money to build uh, to build something like that. Um, <clears throat> what else we got here? Uh, yep, and Washington can add a tax on us when they want. Kevin McCabe's talking about the shipping of the gas out of. Washington, yeah, they can drop a tax on that as well. Um, we need a refinery, says Marie. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we do need a refinery, but the problem is there's only like 11 refineries in the whole country, and they haven't built a new one in years. So definitely, uh, 
definitely problematic. Um, you are seeing what majority of Alaskans feel. Good job, Willie. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely, a, you know, living in the bush is definitely its own kind of challenge. Living in the rural areas, definitely its own kind of challenge trying to do that. Um, um, the state of Alaska could afford roads, all the wasted spending on all the BS. They could have roads instead, says Kelly. I mean, I, I, I got to agree. One of the things that the state is really mandated to do is to, you know, is to take care of infrastructure in the state. And they definitely should have, uh, they, they, that should definitely be on the uh, top of the top of the list, um, is, is infrastructure. And unfortunately, they're spending, uh, still spending a lot of money out there doing things that uh, don't make much sense when it comes down to it. But yeah, they could have spent a lot more money on infrastructure in this state, and that would go a long way towards fixing and making it easier to live in a lot of these rural communities. Uh, if you could drive to them, that would make it a lot easier overall, and it would make life better in those communities as well with cost of living and everything else. Uh, North Pole had one. Yeah, the one in uh, North Pole. It stopped making. Uh, it stopped making gasoline, and it's only making diesel fuel and uh, I think jet fuel. JP. I think that's the only two things that it's making right now. Uh, but it used to be that that refinery refined gasoline, and it was that refinery and Nikiski that were kind of battling it out and helped keep the uh, prices low. But now there's just the Nikiski refinery. Uh, in the state of Alaska, and even that doesn't, you know, even they don't produce enough gasoline to, you know, we're importing a lot of gas. It's unfortunate, but yeah, that's that's what we've got going on. Jet A, says Chris. Thank you. Um, anyway, <clears throat> very, very, uh, yeah, it would be very, very nice to see a new refinery. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see a new refinery in Alaska, but overall, it would be better if we had another refinery. <laughs> Somewhere in the uh, uh, in the world, uh, Flint Hills did close completely. But one of the native corporations has there's a subunit inside there that does all the diesel fuel and everything else. Um, who can afford to drive now? Well, that's a it's a question. I'm driving my little tiny Mini Cooper, and the damn thing costs sixty seven dollars to fill up. So um, I don't see how these guys are driving these big pickup trucks back and forth all the time. I can't even I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. Uh, all right. Well, we're coming up to the top of the hour here and I'm expecting a call from Chris by in just a hot second. Um, and so he should be, he should be on board, uh, in just a moment. If I don't hear from him here in the next uh, few seconds, we'll get him squared away. And, uh, so I'll, I guess I'll call him. I guess I will call him if that's what it takes. Um, all right. Uh, that's it. That's it for this hour. The Michael Duke show continues. We've got more coming up. Hour two dead ahead. Chris by will be our guest. Don't forget to like and share the uh, show page. Uh, don't forget to like and share the video. Don't forget if you can go out to YouTube and hit subscribe and ring the bell, that would be a huge help to me as well. Let's, um, let's get into it. Shall we kick things off? The Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find links to the uh, social media sites and the podcast and of course, a list of all the radio stations and translators as we broadcast live across the state of Alaska. Uh, appreciate you guys coming in and joining us. Monday, we're about to jump into it with our next guest, Chris Bai, who is a candidate for uh, U.S. House. He's uh, running a writing campaign uh, after missing the uh, top four in the jungle primary. We're going to talk with him here in just a second. Before we get to that, I uh, want to welcome you all to Hour 2. And... Um, it's uh, I, I just want to say hi and thank you. want to remind you that uh, this Friday, this this coming Friday, uh, and the following Monday, of course, the Monday being the 4th, uh, and this Friday, I will be off. I've decided uh, late on Friday to take this next Friday off to make it a four-day weekend. i gotta, I got to stretch them out wherever I can find them. So I'm going to find a four-day weekend here this uh, coming weekend, so we will be off the air on Friday. Uh, I will be probably covering some of the firearms news on Thursday just because we can. And uh, so we'll look forward to uh, we'll look forward to that uh, for this coming weekend, a big four day weekend for me. Uh, appreciate your understanding on that. Second piece of housekeeping before we jump into it with Chris by is that the uh, the new swag is here. If you've been um, if you've been wanting to uh, you know get some swag or, or rep for the show, uh, you know, show your support. Whatever we have got, T-shirts and and mugs that we're doing a run on. Um, I need to know by Wednesday, but you can go to my Facebook page at facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show, facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show. If you want to, uh, if you want to take a look at that and uh, get uh, get squared away, uh, we've got T-shirts and we've got mugs and we've got uh, we've got uh, the six o'clock club shirts. Uh, where you can you can prove that you are a true member of the uh, six o'clock club by uh, wearing the shirt, uh, ladies and men's sizes, <clears throat> and of course the coffee mugs that show you're a member of the six o'clock club as well. With your choice of radio station on the back, you can even rep the radio station that you're listening to the uh, station on, uh, and of course the official Michael Duke Show T-shirts with mugs and uh, with beards and. And all, all, it's all good stuff. Just go to facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. It's the first post at the po- at the top of the page there, and you can see everything. And we will, uh, we'll get, uh, we'll get things squared away. All right. Uh, so, um, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, I'm. Uh oh. Um. I just, re- <laughs> just realized. Let me see who's on the phone here. I thought it was Chris By, but it might be Elijah Verhagen because I may have double booked myself accidentally. Good morning. 
Hey, good morning, Michael. This is Elijah. Oh, okay, Elijah. I'm sorry. I apparently double booked myself when I wasn't uh, when I wasn't looking there. I uh, <clears throat> I accidentally double booked myself uh, on this. So uh, we'll uh, we'll I'm, I'm gonna let me let me just uh, drop a quick message to uh, um, to uh, Chris while we go on here. So Elijah sure. Ver, Elijah Verge, uh, Verhagen is running for um, uh, uh, for Senate State Senate up in the Interior. Uh, and that was District, gosh, I can't even remember what, it was District C, I think, or District A. District A, now it's District something else. It's the other end of the alphabet because they keep switching it around. But you're running against uh, Click Bishop uh, up there in the interior. So, hey, how are you? Let's welcome you to the program this morning. How are things going? They're going great. And thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. So, yeah, it's now District R. District R. Yeah, they keep. I, it takes me ten years to be able to memorize where all the districts are, and then they immediately <laughs> flip them over, top to bottom, and I can't. Yep, uh, I can't figure it out. Um, yep. Hey, uh, so let's uh, let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about you here in the interior, and uh, you know who you are, where you come from, and uh, you know what exactly. Uh, you know what exactly made you lose your mind and decide to run for this thing. So let's start off with a little bit of your background. So, um, yep, my name is Elijah Verhagen. I am from Nenana, and which is about 45 minutes on the Parks Highway south of Fairbanks. I um, I ran for state house two years ago, um, and I I was not planning at all to run the second time, but I was our district chair um, after redistricting. The party asked me to help out as district chair, and so I've been district chair for, since December, and. Um, I've been, myself and many others up here were very tired of Click Bishop's votes. He just kept on voting basically like a, like a Democrat for years and uh, against full PFDs every time. Um, he voted for an amendment that would have allowed critical race theory to be taught in our schools. Luckily, that did not go through. He voted for several vaccine mandate um, amendments, again, that didn't luckily go through. And and so my district was very upset about that. And um, after redistricting, they put Delta in with Nenana and Toke and Glen Allen and um, House District 36, which I'm a part of. And um, so I've been hearing for years and especially since becoming district chair, hey, we need someone to run against this guy. And when no one uh, as chair, I tried to get um, – people with more name recognition and others to run against him. But when, uh, when it was apparent that no one was running against him and it was three days before the cutoff, I was like, okay, like we just, you know, our censor, um, our district unanimously censored click Bishop said we were withholding funds from him. Um, and we cited all these various reasons and it got in our newspaper up here and in the daily news minor and all these things and this momentum. And then no one to run against him. <laughs> I right, was like, right, oh, man, right. we got to, we got to have a choice. And so I talked to my wife and thought should be totally against it because it takes a lot out of your life. And, and like you said, you do kind of have to be crazy to do this. But anyways, my wife and my mom surprised me and they're like, you, you should, you should give, you should give the people a choice and a conservative choice because, you know, he just, he claims to be an R and yet he's been voting like a left, you know, and represent Senator for years. So I, uh, I jumped in literally a couple hours before the deadline, and I've gotten a lot of support since. And I'm excited to uh, to give him a a good run for his money, and 
And so here I am. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, that's the, and that's been a big challenge. I mean, I've watched this go on for the last 15 years or so, 10, 15 years in, uh, in Fairbanks where I've seen these frustrating kinds of votes, you know, these votes going, uh, uh, from click Bishop and, and some others in the interior, which seem to run contrary to what I would expect the spirit of Fairbanks to be, uh, you know, to really be in support of. And so when I heard that they were, uh, when I heard that they were, uh, uh, censuring that he had been censured by the district, I thought, great, maybe somebody will step up. And then it was like, you know, like you said, radio silence for the longest time, crickets uh for anything to happen and then at the last minute i saw your name go in there uh and i know i remember i remember from when you ran uh, uh earlier uh you know some of the things that were going on so w- what are what are some of the things that separate you out from um uh, you know that separate you out from click that make you uh you know that some of the things that you would take issue with and that you would vote differently on what are your what are your priorities here as you go into the state senate yeah thank you so um a lot of things. <laughs> so uh, just recently, um, he had his campaign kickoff. Um, I'm doing mine on tomorrow. And uh, his campaign uh, co-host list, when it came out, I was just surprised. And it didn't really come out amongst the Republican circles. It came out on um, some of the more moderate or even left circles. And, and, for, and the reason being is you look at the co-host list, and it was Vince Beltrami. It was... Um, a lot of the unions around the state, it was um, Scott Kendall, you know, who worked for Bill Walker. It was um, Natasha Von Imhoff. Just a lot of left-leaning or, you know, very moderate. And no, there was no solid R's on that list that, that I saw. And I was, right. me and many others were like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, you know, this is his funding. And so, yeah, he's going to be well-funded. But, um you know, he. One thing that is, I'm very passionate about. I am so grateful that um, for the men and women, um, well, the men and women on the Supreme Court <laughs> that that finally did what was right and sent the um, power back to the states to discuss and hopefully put an end to abortion up here in Alaska. And so now is really the time for those that say they're pro-life to actually show it. And prove it. We can't hide behind the Supreme Court, uh, you know, Roe versus Wade anymore. It, that is going to be uh, a very important issue for me and for um, many of us uh, throughout the state this this coming um, session. And Click Bishop, he voted against with several, a few other Republicans, and then mostly Democrats. He voted against an amendment that Rob Myers, Senator Rob Myers, brought up last session that would have um, stripped. Medicaid funding for abortion, specifically um, in Alaska, out of our state budget, and um, and that that amendment had passed in the House barely, and it did not pass in the Senate, thanks to Click and and several other Republicans that voted shot it down. Right, and so you know that is very alarming again to us pro-life um, conservatives throughout our district. Um, the vaccine mandate thing is a huge issue uh, for a lot of our rural people. Sorry, did you have something? Yeah, no, no. I was just saying. To me, it's it. This is definitely just a prime example of. I mean, you're using words like moderate and liberal and everything else, but really, to me, this whole thing breaks down not even along party lines, and really not even almost along political philosophies, except for the fact that this is the business as usual crowd versus the people that want to change. 
This is the yep. we protect government spend at the expense of the pub, of the of the private sector over and over and over again, and that seems to be who these two crowds are made up of. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So that one is a big one, and then him voting continuously against a full PFD is really been hurting my more rural districts. So I have two districts, House District 36 now, uh, used to be District 6, the one I ran for two years ago. Um, I'd been all over in those villages and in the rural areas campaign two years ago, and so I, uh, which is g- giving me a nice head start right now. I got a, a ton of support, and, and I already have a ton of signage that I was able to revamp to, to say Senate instead of the House. But um, these our uh, previous House District 6, which is now 36, um, is one of the poorer districts um, throughout the, the state. And so for him shooting down the full PFD continuously, and literally I heard him once when I was a staffer there in 2020 stand up and say during the beginning of the pandemic, he said, I'm not even worried about the employees. I'm worried about the employers. And it's like, yeah, you can be worried about the employers too, but when you're not worried about your employees or your, you know, your average voting constituents working hard, trying to make a, make it, make it through the pandemic, you know, you need to be worried about everyone and concerned about everyone, not just, you know, your unions and the employers. And so, um, small business owners, uh, the average person in district 36, as well as many in district 35, which is the Fairbanks, China pump, China Ridge district, they do, um, use the pfd for heating fuel in the winter they use it for all sorts of things oh yeah and now would be the time more than ever when the state has been making a lot more than projection projected because of the high cost of of oil right now to be paying the people a full pfd and again he voted against that so um those are just a few examples that really uh, you know uh distinguish me between uh click but he's not he's not been voting at all like a, a true Republican and or let alone a conservative and and our district is heavily um, is heavily Republican. Yeah, and definitely again that censorship of him by the local party, the district party, definitely says a lot for sure. Elijah Verhagen is our guest, GOP state senator candidate for District R up in the interior. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back We'll continue with Elijah, and we'll talk some specifics about some of the things that he is going to be focused on and would be focused on as a state senator. We're going to be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more and Elijah Verhagen right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Well, this is where the perfectly laid plans of mice and men go completely awry, um, double booking myself. Uh, sorry about that, Elijah. I appreciate you uh, being punctual this morning. That helped you get right on. And uh, <clears throat> this is what happens when I'm doing things by three different like email and messenger and text message. And next thing you know, <laughs> I I screw yeah. stuff it up. So anyway, I appreciate you being uh, appreciate you being uh, uh, punctual this morning. That helped you get right in uh, yeah, to get no things rolling on. Um, 
you know this this whole thing to watch this what's the what's been the reaction from your constituency i imagine you've been out and about like you said you mentioned you've been visiting some of the villages and some of the areas and even some of the different communities what's the reaction been from folks uh and the constituency been out there to some of the things that have gone down with what click has done and what you know you're proposing to do differently what you know what's been the reaction of the constituency well, yeah, like I said, um, when I was uh, running two years ago, uh, I would hear people say, man, I'm grateful you're running, but, oh, I wish someone would run against Click." <laughs> and and so basically, since he's got in there, I can't think of him having a real contender. No. And so, yeah, um, yeah when I, um, I had a lot of people, like, literally texting me and calling me and asking me as the district chair, can you or someone else please you know, run against click. He needs to go. The censorship in the, in the news really got people riled up and wanting another choice and a choice that can win. And, um, and so when no one, <laughs> and like I said, I, there was a good friend of mine that I was, that had more name recognition, I think than even me that I was trying really hard to get in, but he wasn't able to do it last minute. And so he said, I'll support you. And he, and he is, but, um, when he wasn't able to do it, I was like, wow. And that was literally three days before the deadline. And I was going to be getting on a plane that night to go to Hawaii for my little sister's wedding. So I had a lot going on. It was not what I was thinking of doing. And that's when I was like, someone's got to do this. Right. People need a choice. And I think that he's beatable, even though he's well-funded. And, um, and so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, talk to my family about it. And then, you know, uh, and then I, I prayed about it and felt like it was, it was what I needed to do. So, right. um, I do feel a little bit crazy. I was not <laughs> planning on it, but yeah. And since then I've gotten a lot of support. Yeah. Um, donations have been coming in and I'm really excited for my kickoff tomorrow. It's at the pump house, nice restaurant up in Fairbanks in my, uh, Fairbanks district, district 35, which is a little bit more blue that used to be Adam Wool's district. Right. Um, right now it's uh, open and there's five people running for that seat. But looking at the um, special election results that just happened, there are uh, there were were about um, just a little bit more Republicans that voted in that special election um, in District 35, and then District 36 is heavily Republican. It's um, we basically traded Delta, which is about 4,000 voters, for Isleson Air Force Base, uh, Two Rivers area, and and Salsha. So it, 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 we traded red for red, <laughs> you know. Right, right. So District 36 is very, very um, red. A lot of the committee members were from Delta, and they getting in, redistricted into us and then having Click as their senator, they were not happy about that. Right. <laughs> and so it was one of the Delta... Um, uh, people on the committee that came up with and put it all together, all of Click's votes. Um, you know, we were just shocked. You know, you, you get so busy with life, and then you find out that you know Click had voted to put to allow critical race theory to be taught in our schools, and that was very outraging to many of us. And uh, and yeah, so we had several different meetings on it, and we came out unanimous that yeah, we're we're not going to be supporting this guy financially and we're going to be asking and looking for someone else to run. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting to watch because as you said, uh, click hasn't had a serious challenger since he took office. And I think part of it is because 
he's got such financial backing and such uh, support from the unions, which is, of course, where he came from as commissioner of labor yep. Uh, yep. early on. And so uh, it he hasn't had a real challenger. And now this this will be the real test. And you add the censor to that, and it uh, it's going to make a real difference. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Elijah Verhagen is our guest. Please like and share this show. Let's get back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, uh, continuing now, Elijah Verhagen is our guest, a GOP State Senate candidate for District R, which used to be District A up in the interior, uh, the seat currently held by Click Bishop, uh, who has been one of our nemesis on the program when it came to budgeting issues. He sat on the, uh, he sat on the finance committee with Bert Stedman as co-chair and helped to facilitate some of the crazy spending, some of the more Machiavellian moves to try and tie different bills together to force people, you know, to hold things hostage like the Knick Goose Bay Road project. If you, people didn't vote the way that they wanted them to vote, they were going to punish their votes. And, I mean, all kinds of these things. He was part and parcel of helping make some of that stuff happen. And, of course, he has been censured by the local district for a, a slew of votes that he's been making. Uh, and yet nobody ran against him until the last minute when Elijah threw his hat in the ring. So Elijah, let's uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about some of your priorities. Obviously, uh, you've mentioned uh, let's see you've mentioned the PFD, you've mentioned the uh, Roe v. Wade decision, you've mentioned uh, uh, some of the other stuff. But what as you as you get into this and you go into the Senate, what would be your priorities looking forward? If I waved my magic wand and made you, uh, you know, senator in my own right, what? Uh, what what would be your priorities going into this, and what would you be fighting for specifically? Yeah, thanks. Great question. So, um, if you remember from last uh, time we talked, uh, I I am a hardcore fiscal conservative, and so right now, our state has been bringing in a lot more money than projected due to the high oil prices. Um, which is good. It's good for our state. It's not good for the people. <laughs> as right, as right. The gas pumps. But, um, but our state has brought in, uh, I think it was, last I heard, it was over a, over a billion dollars of um, unanticipated or unprojected revenue that we brought in. Um, and that is something that I, I want to focus on replenishing our constitutional budget reserve. Um, right now, we have a chance to refill our savings accounts and and pay people a, f- a full PFD, which um, again is something I'm definitely been have always been hearing, and um, and and that is something that I've always been of the mindset the the, the senators and House representatives that are against it, a lot of them, including Click, they say things like, well. You know, we, you know, if we give out a full PFD, a lot of times people are just going to blow that money anyways. So for us to save for later, you know, we're only going to give them, you know, yada, yada. Wait, 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 wait. Is this a, you poor, poor, pitiful children, you don't understand how to manage your money. Let us manage it for you. You just blow, you just blow it on hookers (laughs) and cocaine or big screen TV. So let us handle it for you. 
Yep, that's the attitude, and it's like it is so frustrating when they do that. And and so for me, the PFD has always been the people's money. You know, we don't have mineral rights. It is a dividend. It's not a handout. And therefore, regardless of what people spend it on, you as a legislator should not be saying, I know better. I'm going to spend it on my mega projects or, you know, exactly what Click and others have been doing. We know best. We'll spend it the way we want. You guys don't get it. That is just completely wrong. It's it is the people's money. And if and if it's going to change at all, the formula, it should be sent on a statewide ballot for everyone to read the information and then vote on it themselves. That's right. been my position all around. So but anyways, as far as fiscal responsibility goes, just because we're bringing in more money right now as a state does not mean that we should start growing government again. And I'm a little worried because I've seen some good conservatives that are already starting to do that, I feel like. And that is going to be something I'm going to be really trying to focus on is, guys, let's re- replenish our coffers. Let's be res- fiscally responsible. Um, yeah, let's, you know, let's spend some of it on uh, fixing infrastructure and other things that have been really, you know, put on the back burner during the financial crisis we had two years ago. Um, some of that stuff in the capital budget is important to finally get rolling again. But for the most part, our operating budget, we should still be making cuts and we should not be increasing that just because we're making more money right now. Because it's a lot easier to um, grow (laughs) the state operating budget than it ever is to cut it. You try to cut it. And as we saw with Dunleavy and others, you know, you have reverse sweeps and all these other votes and drama that come up when you try to cut government. So it's better to not grow it too fast in the first place. So that's something I'm going to be focusing on is fiscal responsibility still. Um, and, and then uh, on the PFD, I mean, I'm assuming yeah. as part of that fiscal responsibility, you've mentioned it, that it is a dividend. It's not a handout. It's something that's owed to Alaskans by law. I'm assuming that you support following the statutory formula as written. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that's what I'm saying. If that statutory formula is to change at all, it should be made, um, by the people. Yeah, a vote a of the people. Yeah, a vote of the yep. people, right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. I'm sorry, continue. So yeah, so um that and then like I said, now's the time to really stand up and stand for life and and see who's willing to actually fight for the most innocent of us. You know, there's babies have done nothing wrong. People <laughs> it's it's amazing to me that people will say things like, Oh, it's not a baby. Oh yeah, well, what else is it going to be? Is it going to? Are you going to give birth to a giraffe? You know, of course it's a baby. And those that want elective abortions, especially, it's because they don't want a baby to inconvenience their lives and their opinion. Right. And yet, we we need to stand for life. It's the first thing, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You can't pursue happiness if you're not right. given the chance to right. live. So that's something I'm definitely going to be focusing on as well. Um, there's a lot of other things. Uh, agri- agriculture is important to me. Food security. We uh, last figure I heard is that we only produce about 10% of our food um, in the state of Alaska. We've seen now with this pandemic and other things, if we really get in a bind, um, we're we're going to be hurting up here in Alaska really quick as far as food security. And so um, there's actually right now a big. Uh, state ag development project in Nenana, where I'm from, and uh, 160 plus thousand acres of good farmland that that just uh, June 10th went online on the state uh, auction. And uh, and so that's something that the governor came up here for that. And 
Um, that's something I'm going to be focusing on is, is more, um, we're trying to get power out there. Um, we need more, um, we need more food grown right. in Alaska. And so yeah. that's something that I think is really crucial that I'll be focusing on. Uh, green energy, I think is important. I, uh, yeah, I'm not one to, um, what's the word, uh, when you, <laughs> when you, all the greenies that go anti-oil and anti, you know, natural gas, because they want to jump on the green wagon, there's nothing wrong with green energy. Green energy is amazing. However, you, we cannot just jump to it right away. It, it has to come by degrees and we, and oil and, and, you know, natural gas and, and clean coal, all these things are resources and renewable resources that we, um, we are in our Alaska constitution. We're meant to develop responsibly. Right, right. And so, you know, working with um, these natural resources is important and is going to continue to keep our state moving forward. Um, but at the same time, the more we can do with solar power, the more we can do with hydropower and um, geothermal, all these things is, is something that right. really can help. Uh, I have several neighbors right now that have been able to um, get up some solar panels and they have been able to eliminate their electricity bill and actually be making overall, because um, of, of how much with the midnight sun we make in the summer, that it even compensates when they, they sell it back to the power companies. Sure. They're literally making money by uh, having their house run right. on solar. And so that's something that I think is awesome. And if we can do that um, you know, more and more, that is a good investment and a good long-term investment. There's a, a wind solar farm with the big turbines that they put up in Healy. Uh, two hours from Fairbanks. Um, they did that years ago, and it provides, um, on average, 20% of the power for all of Fairbanks just from these 12 wind turbines. Right. That's incredible. <laughs> you know, well, the wind's not always blowing in Healy, but a yeah. lot of times it is. Well, and I think and green so, pro- green projects have to make sense, though, too. I mean, and and like you said, it, ha- it you can't just forsake one for the other. I think it has to be a holistic approach of using it as a, cause the wind doesn't blow all the time, right? The exactly. sun doesn't shine all the time. Uh, yep. I mean, the only green project that, and that I don't even think they consider hydro to be green because it destroys some of the areas behind the dams and stuff. So, but I mean, I, I think you're right. I think we have to look at this realistically, you know, does it cost as much in energy to create a solar panel as the solar panel generates over the course of its life? I mean, I think that there has to be those questions and we have to have an open and honest discussion about it. And I think, like I said, I think it has to be holistic. I don't think you could throw pitch one out uh, for everything else. I think it has to be worked into a framework of we use a little bit of everything in in an effort to make it as efficient as possible. Exactly. And that's what the one side, you know, I feel like has it, has it wrong. They come up with green new deals and these other things where they're, they're like, okay, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater and let's all just, just green energy. And let's, you know, we're going to, well, look at our president, you know, we're not going to develop any oil here because I want to go more green, you know, and that doesn't work. <laughs> you have to work together, you know, with both, you know, or, you know, you cannot just jump over to green energy only. It's, it's, it's not practical. So slow, long-term investment in green energy is great, but, you know, chopping and all the oil production and all that right away, or even, you know, or even being against it is is just silly. You know, it's, yeah. it's a resource that that God's given to us that we just need to be responsible with. Yeah. And it's been working great. 
Absolutely. Um, you've mentioned a couple times, you know, a couple different things that I think would be, uh, uh, you know, the 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 Roe. Uh, uh, Roe v. Wade and the uh, and the spending, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, uh, spending limits and things like this. And this, of course, raises questions of constitutional uh, uh, amendments and things like that, which leads us to the CONCON. Um, are you do you have a position on the Constitutional Convention? Are you a supporter of opening that up and fixing the PFD or fixing Roe? Or what 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 is your thoughts on the CONCON? Yeah, um, I in the past have been more of the mindset um, we just need to follow our constitution more <laughs> and, st- and and not try to rethink or rewrite it. But recently, and especially with Roe versus Wade and now that, that decisions before us, if that is the route, whatever means that we need to take to ensure that we're protecting innocent lives, um, I think we need to take it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking into that now and a lot more interested in it. Uh, to help, you know, whatever we can to, um, you know, save lives, whether it be by a constitutional convention or by the legislature. I, I, I have hopes, but I don't know, <laughs> you know, if we can get enough legislators to actually, you know, put their money where their mouth is on that. And so if, if that's the, the route we need to go with the constitutional convention, I'm, I'm for that. Right. Uh, and of course, we've just seen that there's no political will to hold back on the spending in the legislature. Yeah, That's why they've yeah. talked about putting a spending limit in the Constitution. You know, there's no will to fix the PFD because it seems like they it seems like they enjoy that fight all the time because it keeps everybody, uh, you know, never let a crisis go to waste. It keeps us in crisis mode. And so it seems like the political will is not there. So it may be the only way to fix some of those things, you think? Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I'm definitely I'm definitely uh, looking into that more. Um, but yeah, so the uh, the PFD issue is just I mean I've I've worked seven legislative sessions down there, and I some of them were before Bill Walker in 2016, and the difference when we actually could use some session to pass other good bills versus now, where seriously almost the entire session is you know, taken up on how, what, you know, fighting over the PFD, what size is it going to be, you know, therefore, because, because many of them, including some of the, the left voting R's, they say, well, we need this money for our projects or for spending, you right, know, right, and, right. and, and that's, that takes all the air out of the room. It's very frustrating. No, I mean, I think, like I said, I think some of it is by, I think they don't want to fix it because by design, it allows them to gridlock the legislature and do what they want to do and get things passed that they want to pass and they can use it as leverage to get some of those things done, of which Click has been, uh, you know, Click has been an integral part of that on the Senate Finance Committee uh, for the last few years as well. So definitely frustrating. Uh, Elijah, we're down to the last couple of minutes here, so I want to give you the chance to... uh, you know, make us your elevator pitch, so to speak. Tell us why we should vote for you. How do we get a hold of, uh, you know, find out more about you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, thank you. And thanks again for the interview. So, um, yeah, my name is Elijah Verhagen. I'm running for Senate CDR up in Fairbanks, House District 35 and 36. Um, I have a website, Verhagen for Senate.com, all run together. Verhagen is V-E-R-H-A-G-E-N, Verhagen for Senate. Um, I would love any donation you can spare because, again, I'm fighting a bunch of unions and a well, well-funded politician opponent. And so, uh, yeah, go to verhagen.com. There's a donate button there, um, PayPal or, or, or credit cards. 
Um, also, I'm having a, my campaign kickoff tomorrow up in Fairbanks at the Pump House Restaurant, 6.30 to 9. Um, you can follow me on Facebook uh, at Elijah Verhagen, public figure. Um, I also am on Twitter at Elijah Verhagen, and um, I, I am here to give the people of this Senate seat are a conservative choice and not even just a conservative choice, a Republican choice. Right. You know, I'm a conservative Republican, but they don't even have a Republican choice right now. And I am, I am that choice. And I am the, the candidate that I believe can beat click and, but I need people's help. And, uh, so yeah, if you want to sign too, and you're up in Fairbanks, um, message me on Facebook and, uh, or on my website, you can um, put in your email and uh, and sign up for updates and stuff on my website as well. And again, that's for Hagenforsenate.com. Right. And again, I really appreciate the time you uh, gave me this morning. No problem. So Pump House tomorrow night, 7 p.m.? 6.30 to 9. 6.30 to 9. Okay, so tomorrow Pump House, 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to meet Elijah, talk with him, get signed up, help us support, find out how to get assigned tomorrow night, 6.30 at the Pump House. Elijah Verhagen, thanks for coming on board, my friend. Uh, even with all the confusion this morning, uh, you uh, you pulled us through, and I appreciate you being part of it today. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks uh, for coming on board. All right, folks. Uh, that takes us to the final segment of the show today, where we're going to take some phone calls and more. That's coming up here in just a moment. 907 433 3150. The Satellite West call-in line, if you would like to be part of it, come on board and join us. Let's uh, let's get together and talk. I think we're going to talk about Roe v. Wade up next. But your calls will reign supreme. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Uh, ready to go. Um, thank you to Elijah Verhagen for being part of the program, uh, this morning, man. So I need a secretary sometimes because I'm taking, so just for a little behind the scenes, so you guys know, I'm trying to schedule stuff all the time, but I'm talking to people on email, on the phone, through Facebook messenger, via text message. And sometimes I screw up. I mean, sometimes I got to, I'm doing, you know, I'm dealing with 13 things and I, accidentally schedule people for exactly the same time, which is exactly what I did with Elijah and Chris by. So Elijah called in first. So it's first come first served, um, this morning. And I appreciate that. Uh, we're going to try and have Chris by back on the program, maybe on Wednesday. Um, we're trying to see exactly what, trying to see exactly what happens with the governor's budget. We may, uh, try and get Donna Arn. We may have her on, on Thursday. I don't know. I, I want to see what's coming out of the budget first before I jump into this with, if it's actually coming out. So we'll see, um, um, we'll see what, we'll see what's going on. Uh, I know Donna, I saw Donna in the chat room earlier, so I know she's around. So she's been super nice about, uh, being flexible and being on the program. We'll see. We'll see what kind of what kind of uh, things we can juggle and get things going on. It's Monday, says Robin. Stuff happens, man. It doesn't even have to be Monday for stuff to happen around me. I am, I am my own mess. It's exactly what I am. I am my own hot mess. So uh, don't uh, 
don't don't just put it on Mondays. It's not just Mondays. It is uh, it is the fact that I I I it's easy for me to make a mistake. As fast as as fast as I'm going half the time, it's easy for me to put uh, to make a mess of things. So anyway, I appreciate your guys' understanding of it. Uh, a little slow this morning, a little quiet. You guys have been shh, you guys have been really quiet this morning. Um, and uh, I mean that's fine. You can do it. Yeah, the green energy thing is always interesting to me because you know nobody ever talks about the long term or the unintended consequences of things like green energy. I mean, we've talked about the wind turbine project. Um, I mean, how that's good, and he's right; it does create and produce a substantial amount of electricity, but not all the time. So it's not something like we can eliminate coal or oil if we just did that because, no, because it's not consistent. It's not constant. Uh, And then we don't talk about, again, the unintended consequences of the creation of a lot of these green things. I mean, whether we're talking about, you know, the lithium, the strip strip mining to get the lithium together for these batteries um, or the, um, uh, you know, the disposal of the same batteries or what does it cost to produce a single solar panel uh, and what is the life expectancy and what is the the expected return on that same solar panel? I saw a thing, and again, this was a few years ago, well, probably 10 years ago, and I know the technology is advanced, but at the time it was almost a wash. By the time you created the solar panel, the energy and the complexity and everything else used to create it was almost as much as the solar panel would generate in its lifespan. So it's the question of, it may look good on paper, but only if you don't take into account the the cost of actually creating the the item. So, I mean, I'm not against green energy. I just think that we should be able to we should you know be figuring in all factors of it when we come down to it. I think that's a um, is is definitely an interesting uh, an interesting proposition. Um, are the constellations on your shirt? Oh no, they're anchors. They're little tiny. They're little tiny white anchors. Is that it's not constellations? It's little tiny white anchors on my shirt. It's like one of my favorite shirts. It's very comfortable. I like it. Um, everybody's fascinated with my shirt choice today. I guess I'm glad I just didn't wear my uh, wear my pink breast cancer shirt that I have. I have a pink breast cancer shirt, and everybody mocked me for it because it was pink. I don't care. I mean, I'm I'm secure enough in my manhood that I can wear anything. Um, let's see. Overturning Roe v. Wade was the right decision because it's a state matter, but the state should not outlaw abortion or taking the pill during the first trimester. Abortion is a sad thing, but the mother should have the ultimate right to decide on the embryo that is her property. The embryo is not property. The embryo is a person, Randy. It's a person. It's not property. It's a person. And the killing of another person is, um... Wrong. I'm just going to say that it's wrong. We're not talking about you know entopic pregnancies, you know, where they get up. We're not talking about things where the mother's life is in danger, things like that. We're talking about voluntary, you know, uh, abortions that are done more than anything else for the convenience of it. That's really what it what bothers me. Um, how will solar panels work when covered with snow? Well, they don't really work when they're covered with snow. Uh, Terry, but the good news is, is that usually when they're covered with snow, it's dark anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, it, uh, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, it's, it's a good thing to look at, but we'll see. 
I prefer beige-colored leggings so people think I forgot to dress myself, says Brian. You know what? Good call, Brian. Good call. That keeps people, that keeps people uh, um, you know, guessing. Always keeps you guessing. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, diving back into it, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, uh, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, one final segment of the program tomorrow coming up, uh, or for the program today. Come, we're already into. I'm time traveling. We're already into tomorrow. No, uh, one final segment for today on tomorrow's program. That's what I was trying to get to. Brad Keithley, Chris Story on Wednesday. We should be talking with Mike Shower, uh, and potentially, mm, I say potentially because I have no idea. Uh, could be Donna Ardwin. She and I talked about that a little bit because the governor's budget is supposed to come out tomorrow. So she might have some commentary on that tomorrow. On uh, no, Wednesday. Jeez, I'm still time traveling. Um, and then or Thursday we might have Chris by or we might swap that he and Donna back and forth Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know yet exactly. Now, it's still Monday. Oh, my God, it's still Monday. Uh, So that's Wednesday or Thursday. Also on Thursday, I know one thing's for sure. On Thursday, we are going to be talking about some 2A issues, Second Amendment type issues, because on Friday, where we would normally reserve that for Firearms Friday, uh, I am going to be asleep. Yes, that's right. I'm going to be asleep on Friday morning because I'm taking Friday off for the the weekend. Uh, The holiday is on Monday. It was already a three-day weekend. It just makes sense. So I'm going to take an extra day, and I'm going to get a four-day weekend out of it. And so I will be off on Friday and off on Monday the 4th. So FYI, set your calendars. Make sure you mark this down. This is important stuff. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I will announce that. And still on Friday, I'll get messages on Messenger and on the Facebook page. How come you're not on the air? Well, you know. (laughs) <laughs> because that's how, that's how it all is. Uh, so we will be off on Friday and Monday um, for the uh, for the holiday weekend because I I need I need a little time off. I'm just I'm saying you know I can only work sixty hours a week so much before my brain starts to melt. And I'm getting getting a little older, and I don't recoup quite as fast as I used to when I was younger. That's that's kind of the that's kind of the the bottom line there. Um, the other thing, uh, oh, if you're just uh, joining us or has just joined us here in a little bit, I just wanted to let you know that, um, um, that, uh, we've got some swag. We're doing a special run. It is a special run of swag. We've got, uh, t-shirts and mugs, uh, and everything else. It's going to be, uh, it's a great way to do it. You can go over to my Facebook page right now at Michael, uh, MichaelDukeShow.com. Uh, MichaelDukeShow.com, and you could take a look at all the great gear. We've got Michael Duke Show t-shirts, which I got my magnificent beard on the front of it with the show logo and some fancy, fancy phrasing on the back. You can also get a six o'clock club t-shirt and you can get these in men's and women's uh, cuts, however you want to do it. Six o'clock club member t-shirts. It shows you there. 
that also says uh, stuff on the back, but it's really early, but oh so worth it. And we got, of course, the coffee mugs with the beard and the 6 o'clock club logo and even your favorite radio station on the back. Uh, you know, one of the, the interior station, KFAR or KGTL, the answer down in the peninsula. I mean, whatever. And so if you want any of these things, go over to my Facebook page and um, go ahead and uh, just uh, just write me a message there on Facebook on the on the post. Or you can, of course, uh, send me a message or send me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com. I mean, I'm trying to complicate my life as much as possible. So send it to me everywhere. And let me know what you want. And we're going to close the orders out on Wednesday evening. And I'm going to make the order on Thursday. And uh, we should have them uh, hopefully in a week or two. And uh, we'll have all the stuff. And we can either mail it to you or we figure out how to drop it off or whatever. So T-shirts and mugs galore. Great swag. Great swag. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. And I finally got around to it in my schedule to put all this stuff together. And you can uh, go check it out again at Facebook.com. Slash Michael Duke show. All right, we are coming up here on the uh, coming up here on the break uh, or coming up here in this last break, and we've got some phone calls. So let's go over there, and I'll quit talking because apparently I can't do that today. So let's go over here and see what you have to say. Four three three thirty one fifty. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, what's on your mind? Uh, like I said in the chat room just now, I do think Roe versus Wade overturning it was the right decision because a lot of things are just state matters. However, I think we in the state should not make abortion illegal in the first trimester. Now, as you pointed out, you know, it, it is a life. Life begins at conception. However, the uh, the mental activity of the fertilized egg is, is nothing, you know, nil. It doesn't start until, you know, several weeks on into the pregnancy. That's why I think it's okay to use the uh, pill as uh, something that dislodges the fertilized egg, you know, from from continuing. And uh, even though even that may be considered a sad thing, you know, it's a life and everything, it's it's still the the mother's property. Just like, uh, now I'm not trying to equate a pet's life with a, with a human life or anything, but a, a, a loyal family member, uh, a pet dog, for instance, I think is it would be wrong to put that dog to sleep. If you don't want the dog anymore, you know, you should have ad- adopted out or something. But nonetheless, even though it is a life, that dog is the property of the owner. And legally, a person has a right to go down to the animal shelter and, and put that dog down, you know, a healthy, young, loyal, loving dog, you know. And I, I wouldn't agree with doing that, but I, I, it is a legal right. And when you talk about an embryo or zygote or something, a uh, human zygote, you know, that doesn't even think, has no sense of self, it does not own its own self at that point. I think the mother owns it 100%, and therefore she has a right to uh, determine what is to be done with that, in my opinion. Well, I love how you say you don't want to compare it to a dog or an animal, but then you go ahead and do so. Um, the zygote, the embryo, the baby, the fetus, whatever you want to call it, it is a human life. And so as long as I know that you're okay with killing a human life early on, I mean, I guess that, you know, it's okay to kill it early, but it's bad to kill it late, um, even though it is a human being. I mean, that I think you and I would agree that, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt, that is a human being, whether his brain is kicked in yet and his computer's booted up or not, it's still a human being, right? I mean, that that's the thing, Randy. It's still a human being. And saying that a human being is property – now – is it a responsibility? Yes. The human life is the responsibility of the parent. And the fact that these abortion on demand 
kind of things for the convenience of the mother has popped up and been the law of the land for over 40 years is offensive to me. And the fact that you're okay with killing a human being because it's convenient is offensive to me. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, entopic pregnancies and things like that where the mother's life is in. I mean, there's some things, there are definitely some justifications for that. But the fact that it is basically, it's inconvenient. I went out, I did the risky behavior that I knew could risk it, could, could end up the way it is. But now I've decided that it's something that I don't want. So I'm just going to throw it away and kill this human being is offensive to me, Randy. Absolutely offensive. I mean, but you're okay with killing a person. It's okay. It just has to be early on. Well, uh, just like if a person has excess skin or something on themselves. No, 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 no. Skin, Randy, that, Randy, that is Randy, Randy, Randy. You cannot equate a scab with a human being. You cannot equate eczema so a with a human being. You, you cannot say that that is, well, I got to scrape a scab off or I got to scrape a wart off my body or kill this baby. Either one. I mean, it's the same thing. Well, it's human flesh, you know, it's, it's part of... It's another itself. human being, Randy. It's another human being. It's not just a, I got to go. We're out of time. That read me right up to the clock. We'll see you. Okay. I'm just getting pissed. Um, it's a human being. It's a human being. That's what it is. Sorry, Randy. Human being. I mean, I mean, what the fuck? What the hell is wrong with you? It's a human being. It's a. If you're going to scrape away excess skin, if I was going to scrape away excess skin, maybe it would be a Randy-shaped piece of excess skin at that point. Would that be okay? I mean, it's inconvenient. Would it be okay if I just put a blender inside of you and scrambled you up? Would that be okay? It's a s- Lord, I'm about to lose my mind. <clears throat> oh, for the convenience of our lives, we've decided that it is okay to kill a human being. It just has to be young and little and totally defenseless. That's what we've decided. Doomed. We're doomed as a society. <laughs> it's... Okay, I gotta go. I've before I start swearing at a high volume. Gotta go, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Buy that swag. Go check it out.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 